In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hello and welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host, and this series is in cooperation with Cinda Virtual, which brings you thought leaders and business stories from all over the world. Now, you can learn more about Cinda on www.cinda.org, but we don't only bring you thought leaders from all over the world. We also have listeners from all over the world. So good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be listening from today. And if you're new to the series, let me tell you what this series is about. Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact globalization's digital transition and connected world is having on our organizations and what this impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need today. In this series, we've talked about everything from business issues such as artificial intelligence, digital transitions and data protection regulations, to leadership issues such as gender balance and business values and ethics that may impact your organization or your individual career. So please listen to us live every Tuesday, 3 p.m. Pacific time. And if you miss us live, don't worry about it. All you have to do is Put Leadership Beyond Borders in your browser and you'll find us all over the web. Um, You'll find us on Spotify, Google Play, every major podcast platform. I also invite you to connect with me. Send me your thoughts and insights to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or connect through our website, www.cinda.org. And let me know what you want to hear about. I'd love to hear from you. But if you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless if your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week and we will make sure that you take away something useful for your business or yourself. Now on to today's episode, which is going to be a fun one today. Um, In business, what is a unicorn? I mean, a unicorn is a name that refers to a well-known mythical creature, Um, but in business is more about profit margin, market penetration, ideas, and potential. A unicorn startup is a company that's been in business under 10 years, isn't publicly listed, hasn't been acquired by a a third party, and is valued and has a lot of potential. And companies get these names from these mythical animals due to Aline Lee, founder of Cowboy Ventures, who coined the name in 2013. And since the name's been coined, we've we've seen quite a few of them. Some of the famous names we've heard about are Uber, Airbnb, Stripe, and all these companies were named unicorns. Now, the most of them sprung from Silicon Valley in the U.S., but there are other countries in the world, such as Estonia and Portugal, that are becoming known for producing potential unicorns. And today, we're going to talk with one of Portugal's potential unicorns and learn what companies need to do to pursue this. Our guest today is Joao de Souza Aruzo, and he's founder and CEO at Leadseye. Leeds Eye, formerly known as Advertio, is on a mission to empower the next 200 million businesses to thrive effortlessly. 
online. Leadsight is a customer acquisition platform that empowers businesses to grow online. Leadsight believes that the digital advertising market is falling short in helping companies secure a satisfactory return on their advertising investment. So it's their mission to empower the next 200 million businesses to thrive effortlessly. Leadsight, founded in 2009, from Joao, and Joao has successfully launched his first startup with Ultimate, led him to being invited to be part of the team that brought Restructured to the Portuguese market in Yellow Pages. In 2014, already at the Portuguese Yellow Pages, he was responsible for leading the digital products turnaround. With an experienced and talented team, he successfully led the efforts to drove an increase of 30% in year-to-year growth. So Joao, welcome to the show. Thank you. Okay. So, I mean, you you were you, you were working for a company, and then you became an entrepreneur. Okay. Um, what you know? What drove you to do this? Um, actually, I, I've never done anything else. So, I worked I worked with the Portuguese Yellow Pages, but because my first startup, I actually ended up acquiring the Portuguese Yellow Pages to perform the turnaround. Oh. So we we used to, we used to work with the previous shareholders. We used to be suppliers of the previous shareholders, and eventually it came a moment where they were they were trying to sell the company, and that's how I got into it. But but yeah, but I never I never did anything other than than being an entrepreneur straight out of college, creating my first startup, and loving it ever since. Oh wow! I mean, it's kind of today, especially with the Generation Z. It seems like everybody wants to be an entrepreneur now. You you've had a, a two successful starts and finishes, and uh, and have a successful company. We're going to talk a little bit more about later. Um, but only one in ten entrepreneurs or startups succeed. Why do you think is that is? I think that above anything else is perseverance, you know, of the entrepreneur, of the management team, of, you know, the founding team, most importantly. It's creating a startup is, is 10 times harder than that it seems in the beginning, you know. Um, creating a startup has, you know, you'll, you'll run into a lot of roadblocks along the way. You'll run into a lot of issues and you really need that mindset of I'm going to make it no matter what. Right, so you, you really need to be to be willing to put the long hours, you know, to go against all odds, uh, to hear a hundred no's and go to a hundred and first call, strongly convinced that it will be a yes, you know, and pitch your heart out. And you you just need that perseverance, you know, you just need to keep on battling for as long as it takes until until you hit it. And I think that most of the companies, you know, of course you need talented teams, of course you need a good market, a good opportunity, but even that, there's a lot more than one out of 10 that have a good idea, that have smart people and that are trying to tackle uh, an interesting market. I think that the chronicle and the critical difference is is always how, how resistant to all the failures that they're going to experience along the way the entrepreneurs are. So, so you really have to have a tough skin. Is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> elephant skin. <laughs> really? So, you know, explain explain the concept and the mission of of your startup today. Okay, so um, we, we we started looking at the advertising market for SMBs, right? So we we feel that, and we've been looking at the market for for a long time, even even before we started Lizai. 
And and it has always we always understood that that market had a tremendous opportunity because we saw that most of the services didn't deliver the return the necessary return on investment, but there wasn't exactly an alternative. So our our, our mission is very simple. We want to sell customers to our customers. And if you look at advertising one-on-one, you know, from it has always been the same goal. You know, you want to acquire more customers. Right, that's that's why you advertise. You might you might do it more indirectly with a branding more type of approach. Uh, you might do it more directly on on strong acquisition campaigns. But at the end, the goal has always been the same. You know, with advertising, you want to acquire more customers, and we pretty much simplified it and put our money where our mouth is. We we believe that we generate great campaigns that we're really good at uh, at managing advertising budgets for for most of our customers. So we just kind of flipped the model and we said, okay, you only pay us for the customers that we acquire for you. We take the media spend, we take the cost of creatives, we take all all the costs, and we charge our customers when we acquire customers for them. That's very simple. Do you think? Uh, do you think? You know, I, I think that's a brilliant idea. And I, um, I, I guess my question would be, uh, you know, if you're looking at small business, small and medium businesses out there, um, you know, a lot of a lot of especially this online digital advertising, people are just throwing money into it, um, not always knowing, you know, what the return on investment. So. Do you think you're pivoting it now, helping small and businesses, small and medium businesses acquire customers by really focusing on this ROI? I hope so. <laughs> that's, that's our mission. Uh, so we, we most definitely hope so. Um, you know, I think that, so two things. I think that this is something that enterprise already look at for a long time now, or hopefully they should be looking at it. Uh, for a long time, they, they, they for sure have the right tools and the right knowledge to do so, and most successful do look at, at, at advertising as a market investment, as, a, as an investment and as, not a cost, right? But if you look at most SMEs, they most of them do look at it as a sunk cost. And, and that's the reason why most of them then eventually churn, because advertising should be an investment and you should expect a positive return. You know, if you if you do financial investment, uh, personally, you don't expect that money to disappear. You expect that money to come home and bring some money friends with it. And and that's and and that's what we and and that's how we want SMBs to perceive advertising, to look at advertising as a source of revenue and not as a cost, because that's the healthy and the correct way of looking um, of looking at at advertising. I think that deep down, and and you see, uh, especially on the churn of, of most of the products that are very budget oriented. Let's put it like that. Uh, that are mainly focused on spending money rather than on the return. Is that I think that intuitively, you know, the plumber knows when he's spending a lot of money and that's not bringing them customers, right? And he knows when it's bringing customers. He might not be able to verbalize it. He might not even consciously know what he's that, but. Somehow, even if intuitively, he's measuring ROI, right? Well, what we did with our with our product was make that ROI front and center of all the decisions, as it should be. 
Mm-hmm. So it's almost kind of like helping the SMBs teach them, you know, I, I mean, uh, to, to, to pay attention. And you're right. I think, I think intuitively, most everybody knows, you know, what it's bringing me and what it's not bringing me. But they're so focused on their own business. And there's so much hype out there around so many different kinds of, you know, social media, digital advertising, that is kind of like throwing mud up against the wall and seeing what sticks. And you're trying to help them find out what sticks, right? <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's not very different than, a, than, you know, than a portfolio manager that yeah. takes the risk of your investment and guarantees you a fixed return. You know, that's yeah. what a bank does. That's what, you know, certain products do. They guarantee you a fixed return. And they invest the money however they see fit, knowing that you'll get a fixed return. And that's pretty much what we do. You know, we 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 take all the all the media cost risk, we take all the creative risk, uh, we do the entire work, and we charge you only when we generate a new customer for our customer. Okay, great idea. So we're in the business of selling customers. Selling customers. Great. So I want to yeah. talk a bit about I want to talk a little bit about um, a little more about that and we're gonna we're gonna take a, a short break and when we come back I want to talk about some of the milestones that you hit when you were you're know, going through and getting this um, company up um, significant milestones and then also a little bit behind about you know how you do it some of the technology and and how you manage everything so we're gonna take a short break right now and for our listeners today, we are talking with Joao de Souza Aruzo, and he's the founder and CEO at Leadsi. And Leadsi has a mission to empower the next 200 million businesses to thrive effortlessly online by selling customers to customers, as we heard Joao say. And if you'd like to learn more about Leadsi, you can go to www.leadsi.com. And that's L-E-A-D-Z-A-I.com. And of course, Leads Eye is all over social media, on, on Facebook, on Instagram, on LinkedIn, on Twitter, and on YouTube. And so look them up and see what they're doing. And this broadcast is also brought to you by Cinda. And Cinda is one of Europe's fastest growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search associations. They hold training, conferences, market research, and legislative white papers on digital. And their next conference will be held in May, May 12th to 15th in Berlin, where you can meet the lead size team and actually get some demos on their products. Uh, so please go to www.cinda.org for more information on that. And Cinda also has a platform for entrepreneurs who that take entrepreneurs from idea to exit. And you can also find that on www.cinda.com under Cinda for Startups. And with that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. 
Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Small businesses are in trouble, and it didn't just start with COVID-19. From the recession several years ago to the revolution of e-commerce giants more recently, small businesses are getting hit hard and need to come back. Tune in to Business Buzz and Business Watch. It's two shows in one, hosted by Frank Hellring. We'll help your small business bounce back with best practices, guest experts, and resources that you can use to strengthen your small business. Listen Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, host, and this broadcast is brought to you by Cinda, one of Europe's fastest growing nonprofit digital marketing associations. And our guest today is Joao de Souza Aruzo, and he's the founder and CEO of Leads Eye. And Leads Eye is a customer acquisition platform that empowers businesses to grow online. Leads Eye believes that digital advertising market is falling short in helping companies secure a satisfactory return on their advertising investment. And that's a little bit, Joao, what we talked about before the break. Okay. Um, you're in the, you know, helping, helping customers find customers. So let, let's go back to your company and entrepreneurship and starting this. You know, you've been an entrepreneur for a long time, and, and Leads Eye has been recognized as a, one of the fastest growing um, businesses in Portugal and also been part, help me, tell me if I'm right, you, they were selected as a possible upcoming unicorn, is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Okay, so congratulations on that. But I mean, as you said, this has not been an easy journey. So, you know, what is, what were some of the most significant, you know, milestones or achievements that you had when starting this? And maybe one of the most significant difficulties. I think that setting up, uh, it's always about people, right? And I think that the achievements are usually about getting the right people on board because that's what eventually makes everything happen and everything flow. And and even the difficulties in managing uh, managing the right people or eventually wrong people because we also had some um, along the way. So I think that the biggest challenge that any entrepreneur faces uh, is, is setting up the team. If, if you look at a company like, um, you know, like any, any startup that you're starting from zero, you might have, I don't know, four people as a funding team. Um, the first hire is, is 20% of your company, right? It's like getting to a large company and changing 20% of the people, right? And then, of course, your sixth hire is slightly less relevant. Your tenth right hire is still 10% of your company, right? Your 20th, 5% of the company. So it, it's still... 
everything has still a, a tremendous impact. You know, every single additional hire has a lot of impact. And and getting the right people on board to establish the right culture is 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 very very challenging. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, there, you know, there's a lot of smart people out there, and a lot of people who are, who are you know tech savvy. And how do you uh, find or how do you figure out who's the right person that could be you know fit the culture of your company? Do you have a a, a method behind the madness, or is it just kind of a gut feeling? Um, I mean, obviously, you're filling positions for for skills that you need, but there's a lot of people with skills. How do you know it's the right fit? Yeah, you don't. Unfortunately, you don't, right? I wish I wish I had a magical way of, of, of anticipating most things, but, but you don't. Uh, I think that there are a couple of things that we do, uh, quite important. So we, we try to hire slower than we fire. So mm-hmm. uh, I think that if you start to have doubts, you, you just know already it's not the right person. No one likes to fire anyone. Yeah. So if you start to have doubts, you're already trying to look for excuses or whatever, then you should just cut your losses as quickly as possible. It's better for you and better for the employee. Um, then we, we try to hire as slowly as possible, right? Try to make sure that we're doing the right hires. Uh, that also helps. And... And as I said, it's it's really about people. So we prefer to hire attitude and skills, right? So you, you can teach you can teach skills, you can't teach attitude. So if you find right the right person with the right attitude, even if it's not exactly the right skill set that you're looking for, I'll take that, you know, a million times over someone with the right skill set, but not as a, not ideal of an attitude. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that one. Attitude, not skills. You know, and and you know, with with the the hiring slow and is is really that's a really good point. Um, are you kind of always on the continuous lookout for for talent and attitude and um, you know, trying to scoop somebody up even before you, you know, you may have a vision on needing a position but you're constantly looking and then when you see somebody, you bring them in regardless. Definitely. The best hires we, we did were unexpected. Mm-hmm. Were, you know, for, for positions that we weren't even looking for, you know, it was just, it happened. we met the right person and you clearly understood that that person would make, you know, would make the difference. And you, you might not even know where inside the company, but you just you know you just know that that's the kind of people you want to work with. And at the end, if if they're smart and if they're and if they're good and if they're talented and if they have the right attitude, they even they'll even help you figure things out, right? Mm-hmm. I I think most, especially the very senior hires, I think most of them were. You know, just people that we knew that we wanted to surround ourselves with becoming available and our opportunities arising to to hire those specific people. And and then we just did. Yeah, that sounds good. So, I mean, as a CEO, you get, you know, you're in charge of so many different areas. Okay, so you're you're kind of especially as a startup, you know, begins you're everything from the technical person to the to the human resource person to um, everything. So what what is probably one of the most difficult 
um, areas or difficult decisions you've had to make as a founder and a CEO um, as you're, you know, building this company up? I hate firing people. <laughs> I'm deep down. I have a very, you know, I'm a soft, I'm soft at heart. So, you know, deep down, I, I hate firing people. Uh, that's always difficult because personally, emotionally, that's one of the things that I struggle with most with. But I do it, and it is what it is. But but yeah, but I I struggle a lot, uh, you know, preparing for that. I get I get really tense myself, uh, in you know, to fire people. I hate that. But yeah. it, it, but it, it's not that it's a hard decision. The decision itself is easy. It's just difficult, particularly for me. I don't know why. Um, but but then um, I think that. The most difficult decision is not one specific decision, is an overall mindset or framework of decisions, which is deciding what not to do. So uh-huh. when you're a startup, there's still a lot of things to do, and you want to do everything, and you obviously can't do everything, right? Mm-hmm. And deciding what not to do, you know, which road you, you don't want to take, is super important along the way, because you need... It's very hard for you what we're doing, right? The odds are against us, and not us specifically, right? Any right. So the the odds are against us. It's very hard, and it takes a lot of efforts. And if on top of that, you're always turning the wrong way, you know your your likelihood of success is significantly lower. And if you're spreading yourself out too thin, then you won't be you know you won't be thick enough where you need to be. So so we. We struggle a lot with, with understanding what not to do. And even from a product standpoint today, we kind of have a, a, a rule where no is the default answer, right? Uh, should we do this? No. Mm-hmm. Prove me wrong. You know, No is the default answer. Yeah. Uh, because the company is already large enough, so we're 75 people today. Uh, so it's it's already large enough that we have noise, right? There's a lot of people with ideas in the company, which is great, which is amazing. But if you do, if you don't know when to say no, you know you'll you'll obviously it doesn't work, right? Yeah. So our default is no, and then is obviously a prove me wrong, <laughs> and we're super happy to be proven wrong. But the default is always no. Yeah, that that I mean that's a really interesting way to you know it's great tips here. So. You know, if somebody uh, proves you right, okay, or proves right, and um, then how, I mean, there's so many things to do in a stop. How do you manage and prioritize everything? I mean, do you as CEO focus on on one particular thing? Or is it really, you know, put on the financing or the whatever? But yeah, because you have to have your hands in all the buckets in a startup as an entrepreneur. So how do you prioritize what you Joao, what are you going to do? Yeah. So me personally, I think the job evolves over time. And that's why there are amazing CEOs that all of a sudden become become not the right CEO for the company, right? Because I think the CEO role is probably the role within the company that even keeping the same job title and in the theoretical same role, you 
it can mean so many different things uh, over over the course of a of a company's life, right? The company's existence. I would say that in the very early days, my role was all about products, was all about technology, was all about getting something out there, right? Then it became all about sales, right? Trying to understand right. exactly how the market would adopt us and what we could do. And then it became all about finance, you know, how can we get more resources to scale as a company? And today, my role is everything more about marketing, strategic initiatives, and product. Again, so I do way less finance, I do way less sales than I used to, I do way less partner manager management that I used to. And part of it is due to the stage of the company, stage we're in. But the other thing is also, you know, you know, when I told you that we hire people more than anything else, right? As luck would have it, I found incredibly talented people uh, in partner management, in sales. Uh, you know, I found people that had a wealth of experience in our industry. And, and yeah, that, that frees me for, for, for other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, is there any, how do you know when it's time to, to pass the baton? Okay, is it based on, on finding the right talent or the based on the phase of where the company is um, or kind of a combination of both? You know, now it's time to pass the baton in sales. Okay, and I'm going to focus on product and marketing again. Or now it's time to pass the baton in finance. Um, is it kind of a fluid process or... Is it more strategic and, you know, based on, on time? I'm very lucky that I think that the answer is when it becomes boring. So, <laughs> uh, and I'm super lucky that that's the case. No, but jokes aside, I, I think it's when it becomes repetitive, right? So when you can put a framework behind it, when you can scale it, when you can teach it. Um, of course, you know, certain things, sales is a good example, right? Not, um, you know, we, we do have some similarity amongst our customers, but there are very, very different approaches to market that they have. So obviously you need, you need senior enough people to, to understand uh, what they're talking about and to have the flexibility to support our customers the right way, but you, you kind of get after a while the understanding of, okay, there's a pattern here, there's a framework that we can apply, there's a way that this can scale. And as luck would have it for me personally, uh, that's that's amazing because that's the time for me to move to something else, you know, and it's the time for someone else to, to jump in and, and do what they do best, um, which is, you know, manage a recurring process. Um, which is not definitely not my special. Mm-hmm. No, I mean that. That's the, I. I really liked your answer on. On you're right. You know, uh, as, with startups and entrepreneurs, the CEO really has to do everything, and they do go through those phases and and with different focus and um, you know when to pass it on is important. Um, but and I want to come back to that. We're gonna t- we'll take a short break. And when I come back, I want to come back to. Um, a couple of things that entrepreneurs focus on, and they're always focused on funding, okay? And sometimes they get really caught up in that. And I'd like to hear your views on, you know, finding the right investors and funding, and then try to get some more tips out to some of the entrepreneurs and the startups that are listening. 
And uh, we're going to take a short break. But before um, our listeners, we're listening, we're talking to Joao de Souza Aruzo, and he's the founder and CEO at Leeds Eye. And Leeds Eye is a technology co- company. It has a customer acquisition platform that empowers businesses to grow online. And they have been designated by Portugal as a, one of the upcoming uniforms. So we definitely want to listen to Joao's advice um, on how he's gotten where he's gotten so far. Uh, but if you'd like to learn about Leeds, which is an amazing company, you can go to www.leadzai.com. That's L-E-A-D-Z-A-I.com. And of course, Leadzai is all over the social media, on Facebook and on LinkedIn and on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and you can find them. And you can also find Joao on LinkedIn. So please reach out to them. And this broadcast is also brought to you by Cinda, one of Europe's fastest growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search associations. And they hold virtual trainings, conferences, do market research, legislative white papers focused on digital. And they also have a platform for entrepreneurs that take entrepreneurs from idea to exit. And you can learn all about this on www.cinda.org. They also have conferences. And the next one is in May next year, May 12th to 15th in Berlin, Germany. And Leadsai is a major partner there. And you can meet the whole Leadsai's team and learn about their products in Berlin. But you can reach out to them beforehand. And with that, we are going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you a business owner, 1099 contractor, part-time employee, or volunteer who needs group health coverage you can actually afford? Do you know a nonprofit who would benefit from unlimited zero-cost funding? How about cost reduction, school safety, mental health wellness, and more? All these and more are fair game on finding certainty. If you want more certainty in your own life, you are not alone. Join us each Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Find your own brand of certainty and realize your personal American dream with Finding Certainty, hosted by Patrick Lang. Let's unwrap the certainty experience together. A little birdie told me Voice America is on X. Follow us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And this series is brought to you by Cinda. And Cinda is one of Europe's fastest growing nonprofit digital marketing associations. 
And we are talking today with Joao de Souza Aruzo, and he's the founder and CEO at Leadseye. And Leadseye is a technology company that has a customer acquisition platform that empowers businesses to grow online. And they basically help customers find customers. And um, their company, Leadseye, and Joao have been recognized in Portugal as an upcoming unicorn. And so we're listening to his advice on startups and entrepreneurship. So, um, Joao, one of the things that, you know, going right into the startup, one of the things startups have in their brain right away, you know, okay, they have an idea and stuff, but they're always like funding. We're going to get the money. You know, who do we approach? You know, how, how do we approach it? Now, you've been through several rounds. Um, what, you know, how do you determine who to approach and when to approach them? As far as that's, that's great questions. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a great question. I think there's a lot of uh, what I would qualify as pseudoscience around fundraising. And I think at the end is very, very simple. Uh, you approach people when you need money <laughs> and <laughs> you, need, you need to find the one that believes in you. And yeah, I, I I have a couple of beliefs around the fundraising process of a startup that might not be very consensual. But first of all, I think that money is never the problem. Money is a consequence of the problem. So if you focus on fixing whatever is you know whatever is happening with the company, and when I mean fixing, it's not necessarily that something wrong, you know, or developing or whatever. You know, if you, if you if you focus on creating a good company then money is never the problem. Money is a consequence of eventually other problems that might exist in the company. And, you know, for, for good deals, there, there are always available investors. And, 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 and second, you know, especially early stage, on, on later stages, this is not that linear, but on early stages, investors are way less rational than, than they like you to believe. <laughs> <laughs> at the end, at the end, they invest a lot of, of you know, gut feeling. I, I've, I've looked at investors that that invested in us or or, or other situations, and I'm, I'm deeply involved in, in in the Portuguese entrepreneurship ecosystem. And 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 I've seen deals, and I've been part of deals where I also think, how the hell did that make? Did they make that bet? You know, <laughs> and it was all about they believed in the founder. They believed either in the founder or the founders, but they believed in the founder. And it's not that the founder was was lying; is they believed in the founder. But you know, it's it's like we're we're selling a potential future, and all the investors know that, so they believe in that. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of cases, they hit hit um, hit right, right, great, great, great calls. And in other cases, you know, they do disastrous deals, but. Mm-hmm. It's very much gut feeling, you know. It's especially in early stages, investors invest a lot, um, you know, through their through their gut feeling. They they see a founder, they believe in the mission, they believe in the pitch, and you might go back to the same investor with a significantly better deal, uh, where from a rational standpoint everything is better and you can't close the deal, but someone else closes with, you know, with something theoretically worse but that was that connection that chemistry and as a founder i think that's really important because those are the people that you're going to have to work with for a long time you know your investors it's not only you know getting that get that check you know it's also 
around having the conversation, having multiple conversations afterwards. And, you know, I don't, I don't really believe in the concept of smart money, you know, those type of investors that are, were very, were no, were very helpful beyond the money and whatnot. You know, I don't, I don't particularly believe in that concept, but I, but it is true that you are going to have a relationship with an investor and way beyond the money that is coming your way. So hopefully you, you're, you're doing it with someone that, you know, with whom you like to, to spend time with whom you like, you know, with, with whom you, you kind of have a chemistry that you can go through problems and you'll, you'll, you'll come out of the other side stronger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I like that kind of, you know, it, it is, I mean, but isn't anything about the connections anyways, Joao? <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, at the end, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, but, I, but I think that investors try to make it more of a science than it actually is. <laughs> That's my point, you know. Which, which of Everything I, is about connections, I agree. And they have to rationalize their decisions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do. Because, anyway. by the way, one, one interesting thing to learn after a certain stage is that investors also have investors, you know, most VC funds yeah. and private equity funds, you know, they're investing other people money. Right. And it's also interesting to try and understand, you know, whose money are they investing with because that helps you understand how they position themselves, what they're doing with the fund. Yeah. You know, so getting getting some deeper understanding of, of, of the fund that you're trying to pitch to, to see, you know, how, how that would fit your your company as well. Yeah, that makes sense. So, I mean, so you as an entrepreneur being, you know, um, now your, your company's running and I want to talk about exactly uh, technology in a minute, but just one last question. Um, as a founder, what's the first thing you should put all your energy in as you're starting it? Should it be product? Should it be people? You know, where do you, where do you put your energy in when you're you're really starting the company you should put it on people i probably i probably put it too much on product personally i probably this time around probably i invested too much in product and not enough on people in the beginning and i learned that the hard way mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay and so so talking about product i mean you're a tech company and and the tech scene is is you know it's a dynamic environment um it is changing and how do you how do you keep your team up to date and how do you keep them focused on developing that technology that you're using to, to help SMBs sell customers to customers? And, and how do you just keep up with the, the changes in technology so quickly? Yeah, it's a struggle. It's a daily <laughs> struggle, I think. Uh, in, in, in a situation like ours, there, there are two important dynamics to play. First, I think you need a product team that is very, very tech savvy. They don't need necessarily be engineers, but they need to have way more than common understanding of technology. You know, they need, they need to have a significant understanding of technology because, and, and I would go as far as to say that most startups nowadays should aim at that because it's, 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 it's a world that is everything more going to be driven by technology, uh, especially with the rise of AI. And that segues into the second part of my answer, which is we were very lucky uh, in a way that in 2018, we decided, okay, large language models are the future for our product. So the entire evolution of the product and the evolution of the tech scene were so aligned that it was almost natural, Mm -hmm. everything that was happening. 
Mm-hmm. And, and as AI develops, where how do you see that helping and supporting your business, Leeds Eye? Um, and you know, are you looking at new directions now and improvements? You know, using AI models. No, I think I'm at a stage today where I thought that I would be in ten years from mm-hmm. from technical sophistication standpoint. Mm-hmm. If you ask me in 2018, you know. Uh, I think that what we're doing today would only be possible to do 10 years down the road. Uh, I would have never anticipated things to go so quickly. But as I said, we were very lucky that in 2018 we made the right bet uh, from a technical standpoint. We started in 2016 doing research and we were going down one path. In 2018, we, we saw a bunch of things and, you know, one of them clearly led us to believe that, yeah, LLMs are the future. That's where we want to place our bets. And it was right. <laughs> it was right. Yeah. Congratulations. So it, it, now let's, let's, let's look. Uh, you know, it, with a startup, you can't talk about 10 years down the road. Let's look three years yeah. down the road. Okay. Where do you want to see Leeds Eye three years down the road? I think we're more and more... So yeah. from a commercial standpoint, we uh, I hope that we keep on growing the way we're growing. Uh, we're, we're happy with the rate of growth that we've been seeing. And we're super excited about the, the opportunities that we've been tackling in the U.S. So I think that the U.S. market was significantly more evolved or ready even to, to our approach to the market than the European market. So we're super happy with what we're seeing in the US. And, and yeah, three years down the road, I hope that our company keeps keeps doing what we're doing at a larger scale. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, great. So we're, get, we're getting towards the end of the show. And, you know, you've been so successful. And um, we've got a lot of startups and entrepreneurs listening. Um, if you had to kind of sum up from your perspective and all the experience that you've had over the years, what what would be your advice to those founders out there, those entrepreneurs that are listening today on, you know, how to get this right? So first of all, not to believe that I'm so successful because that's, you know, every, you, you tell me that and I honestly think, God, if you had any idea what my day looks like, you know, it's almost sort, sorting out problems. But then obviously when I look at the big picture, you know, I'm very proud of what we accomplished as a company. But uh, the message is as a founder, you know, you, you're so involved in your day to day. And your day to day, even if on the long run, you're, you things are going well. It really doesn't make a lot of a difference. You know, you still feel like you're only handling a lot of problems <laughs> and bigger companies, bigger problems. You know, the thing is when you, when you have, you know, 10 people company, you kind of do a lot of things. When you have a 75 people company, you pretty much handle problems. And I can only imagine what it is like to have a 10,000 people company. You know, that <laughs> must be, you know, only horrible problems that come to you. So, so you, as a founder and CEO, you're almost doomed to to be the guy where every problem ends up. You know, um, <laughs> it always ends up with you. So, so yeah. So that's 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 the main advice. Is like be, be perseverant. You know, like survive all those micro problems and take a deep breath to look at the long term or the or you know zoom out from 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 your daily operations and try to think. Okay. Where was I a year ago? You know, are we significantly better? Yeah, because on a day to day, 
it's like looking at your children. You know, I look at my children every day. It seems like they're always the same size. But every time I look at a picture a month ago, it's like, how the hell do they grow so much in a month, right? So it's, it's, uh, I think it's, it's a very important exercise to take, take pictures of the company and, 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 and try to understand if, if, the, long, if the long journey is, is heading the right direction. Uh, on top of that, it is very, very physically demanding. And I think that that, that doesn't go, that, that goes, I don't think it gets a spotlight that it, that, that it should. People, it does get a lot of spotlight, the mental health portion. And I think that's amazing that it gets all that spotlight. But it, we end up almost forgetting about the physical health of, of, of this. And it's very physically demanding. You know, you work long hours. You, at least in my case, I travel a lot. You know, I fly back and forth Europe, the US, at least once a month. You know, that's physically very, very demanding. So, you know, keeping healthy routines like food wise, exercise, you know, all that has a tremendous impact in your productivity um, because obviously mental health is huge, but if the rest of your body doesn't, you know, isn't, isn't able to catch up with what you're doing, then, then you'll eventually, you know, uh, succumb to, to the daily demands of, of being the CEO of a startup. Yeah, uh, that's really great advice because people forget about that. I'm I'm really happy you brought that up because it is, it is not just mentally demanding, but it is physically demanding. So I mean, really, you know, congratulations on everything you've done. Um, great insights for for everybody listening today, and for our listeners, we have been talking to Joao de Souza Aruzo, and he's a founder and CEO at Leadsai. And Leadsai is a technology company with a customer acquisition platform that empowers businesses to grow by helping them find customers or sell customers to customers, as uh, Joao said. So you can reach out to Leadsai to learn more about them on www.leadsai.com. That's L-E-A-D-Z-A-I.com. And Leadsai is also on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. So again, that's www.leadsai.com. And this broadcast has been brought to you by Cinda. And Cinda is one of Europe's largest nonprofit digital marketing associations. They have conferences, do market research, legislate white papers. Um, on their website, www.cinda.org, you can find some white papers uh, co-sponsored by Leadsai. Some very interesting reading, so please go to www.cinda.org, download the white papers, and also learn about their upcoming conference in Berlin, May 12th to 15th, where you can also meet the Leadsai team and learn more about the products. But if you'd like to learn more about the products now, go to their website and reach out. And so, Joao, thank you. Great, great insights today. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Okay. And, um, you know, really, really fun. And, uh, yeah, then I wish you all the best and um, and all the best to your team at Leeds Eye. And thank you for taking time to be on the show today. Thank you, Kimberly. Always a pleasure. Okay. Take care. And listeners, listen Tuesdays, 3 p.m. specific time, or look us up on the web. And with that, talk to you next week.
Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.